are listening to the Flood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in. While we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, food, and entertainment. Give your Metal Mike Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mike. Well, right, welcome to another edition of the Plug Podcast, music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. I am Bushy, and with me as always, Metal Mike, how you doing? Hey, Bushy, how you doing? What's going on, man? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great, dude. I've had an amazing weekend. Yeah, you were just kind of telling me about some of it off mic, so yeah, go yeah. ahead and share it with the listeners, man. Well, you know, uh, well, Friday night, first of all, uh, you know, after work. Um, buddy of mine came over. We got all kinds of shitty. But earlier in the week, I had seen uh, an advertisement on Facebook. They were having a food truck rodeo in Burnsville, which is the next town over from where I am. And uh, Maine Lobster Company was going to be there. And um, most people might know they're from Shark Tank. Um, I know that uh, one of the guys has been on Master Chef, one of the owners of this company. You know, so they've, they've had a lot of uh, publicity. And uh, now they're like a multi-million dollar food truck company. That's where they're making all their buddies off these food trucks. They get their lobster sourced right from Maine and is shipped daily. You know, so everything you get is within 24 hours of catch. And dude, I mean, it was a little pricey, but fuck, man. They weren't skipping on the portion sizes. And talk about melting your mouth. I, I had a Maine roll, which is lobster cold. And then a, a, a clam chowder, and, and when you bit into the clam, you tasted the ocean. I mean, it was so fucking fresh, so good. And, and discovered some new music over the weekend, because they had a band playing at this uh, food truck rodeo thing that was going on. And it was at a brew house. The, the beer was amazing. They have a wood-fired pizza there. They have a brick oven. So I'll be going back, just nothing else, to see if they have a good pizza. But this band, Hustle Souls, uh, they're out of Asheville, North Carolina. They blew me the fuck away. It's not rock. It's not metal. Um, they call it horn-fused soul is um, how they advertise it on their Facebook page. But, but it's hard to describe. I'm going to play some of their music throughout this episode. I'll edit all that in later. But they're, they're amazing. Check them out. Um, Hustle Souls. You can check them out on Facebook. And they do have some uh, music on YouTube. You can check that out as well. I don't know about a band camp. <laughs> If you ever see my 
come crying to me. You see, a kiss is full of venom, and the touch will make you bleed. Oh, women come and women go, that's how it will always be. What if I ever see Montana again? You know, I beg her back from me. guitar player just fucking shredded i spoke with a singer he said he would come and you know do the show with us you know so it's just been an absolutely great weekend how about you um i wouldn't go so far say a great weekend but a good weekend man you know i mean well it's been kind of a weird week like i guess i said and and, i'm sure some of our listeners will know if they see uh my my co-host from the middle mike show my good friend bill man his dad fell down the stairs uh, Bill was helping him um, carry some stuff down, and 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 Bill was like, "Well, Dad, let me go ahead and go down the stairs first because they were, it was like a, something with a dolly, you know. I forget what they were carrying, but you know. So Larry, being the stubborn, you know, guy that he is, no, I got it, I got it. Well, he didn't have it, and he fell. Oh man! And, but thank God he he didn't hit his head. He didn't break anything. Well, that's good. But. But he had a lot of internal bruising and 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 sprains, and he basically fucked up his diaphragm, which the diaphragm's the muscle that helps you to breathe. Right. So he couldn't breathe, man. He was having trouble breathing. Good lord. Uh, just scared the shit out of Bill, of course, right. you know. And uh, they had to nine one one him out of there, and they had to get a gurney because they couldn't get a stretcher because they're on stairs. Right. So, um, you know, they got him out of there and ran all their tests and they kept him for a few days and he's back home now. He's got to wear oxygen still though. Cause he's still having trouble, but, but they said eventually he'll bounce back. But I mean, the guy's like in his seventies, so it's right. going to take a little while. You know what I mean? I don't know about you, but I noticed it myself. Like when I turned started right around when I turned 40, I just noticed I didn't bounce back from shit. Like I used to when I was exactly. Young. So, you know, and we're just getting a fucking taste of that shit. Yeah. There's more of it to come. Yay. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's like, yeah, you know, I, I video can't... so far, yeah, you know, no, it's not <laughs> real. Sucks. That was my um, Jim Florentine's character impersonation from Cranky Anchors. Special but... Ed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I can't believe I didn't tell you this at all, off mic or anything. I broke my fucking toe, dude. What? No, yeah. you didn't say anything, man. Yeah. You broke your toe. Yeah, my second toe, the one next to the big toe. Yeah, me and Nevaeh Friday night, we were slap boxing her shit, playing, and I threw out a, a, a snap kick at her, like I would have if I was 18 years old. I mean, it had some strength going behind it, you know, because I was trying to uh-huh. back her ass up, because, you know, she's 15, I'm 46, she hits hard. <laughs> huh. And uh, so I threw out that kick, but instead of lifting my toes and spreading them the way I normally would, so that maybe it would catch right on the, for lack of a better term, palm part of my foot. Curled my toes the wrong way, and I hurt and felt the crack. Uh, yesterday, when I got up, it was just swollen, so I'm like, okay, maybe it's not broken. 
Yeah, when I got up today, that fucker is black and blue. Oh, man. <laughs> that sucks, dude. Yeah, it's going to suck going to work this week. I mean, it, I'm good in shoes. It doesn't uh-huh. hurt quite as much. You know, walking around barefoot, you know, through the house and such, that that's that's painful. But, yeah, I can't believe I didn't bring that up because she thought it was hilarious. My sister laughed hysterically about it. It's like, no, I didn't jam it on something because that would be funny. You know, like that day that mm. uh, I smacked the hell out of my toe, you know, you know during an edit of this show. <laughs> when I walked into the damn floor oh, because of the one-inch lift. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I got that to deal with. But other than that, I do have to make an apology. Uh, as, as I was editing, well, I guess we didn't record last week, the week before show, the uh, Twisted Sister rep, uh, retrospective. I, I, I got way way too drunk in that show so i uh if, if we have any listeners left i certainly apologize for that nonsense it, it will not happen again i hope <laughs> oh god embarrassing to edit that embarrassing <laughs> ah yeah you know it was somewhat amusing it, it was it was something else good lord a lot more should have been taken out of that show that I took out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I thought it was a good show, man. I mean, I've gotten feed, good feedback on it, and I I know uh, Jimmy had an absolute blast doing it, and um, you know, and I think Sarah had a lot of fun as well. So I thought it was a good episode, man. Of course, yeah. I'm a little fucking biased, but uh, absolutely. Uh, Bill, he listened to it, and he thought Jimmy was great. He's like, dude, you got to have him back on to tell more stories. I said, oh, it's it's in the works, man. We're going to do it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just going to take the time and find the right time to do it. But, yeah, I definitely – fuck, I mean, we got to have the ducats back on, man. we got we got to get on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still supposed to do another Not Talking Metal episode with uh, Raffiera. All right. Or you just, what do you talk about? Other music or just talk, like talking about whatever? Well, he's known as the thrash metal guy, you know, and there's so much other stuff Mm -hmm. he likes that he maybe didn't listen to back in the day because his head was so far up metal's ass that as he's gotten older, he has an appreciation for so much other music. And uh, I think we got three hours out of that episode back with my former co-host and got to get him back to do it again. Right on, right on. Oh, totally. That'd be cool, you know. But this week, we're kind of doing a, uh, like a rock and roll, music, metal, news kind of thing. Uh, there's a lot going on that we haven't been able to address yet. Uh, so we're going to be a little behind the eight ball on one topic. But, but I think we're going to be right on Yeah, but I still want to get my two cents on it. Well, sure. I, I, you know, I still want to get my two cents on it because uh, I, I said what I had to say on, on the Metal Mike uh, show. But yeah, I just, I don't know, it, you know. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to it. Well, why don't we just jump into that one right now? You know, the big Megadeth controversy, if you want to call it controversy. You know, Dave Ellison wanking it off to some chick who says she's of age. You know, nothing has come out to say otherwise. So it's two consenting adults. Um, the, the biggest issue that people seem to have is, oh, he's married. Well, then it, if you ask me, then that's between him and his wife. He's got to deal with his family. Um, you know, Megadeth released an official statement saying they're monitoring the situation, you know, and then, what was it, less than a week later, they let him go. That's where I have the issue. 
the biggest issue. These are two consenting adults. This guy has to deal with it with his family, and now he has to be unemployed. How, how does it affect Megadeth altogether? Um, yeah, I... All right, here, here's my take on it. Number one, it's like Dave's statement even says, we don't have all the facts. Yeah. But you're going to fucking shit can him anyway. And I know he said there was other issues, but I don't buy it. I don't they buy just it. just finished he, an album. I think he fucking buckled. I think he buckled under... Fu- I think he fucking buckled like a fucking belt and bent the knee to this bullshit cancel culture shit that's going on. And I'm getting really sick of it. I don't know when somebody's just going to have the balls to tell these fucking sycophants to fuck off. Okay? Just, like, they, they, it's like the entertainment industry treats Twitter like it's the center of the universe, dude. And it's not. I'm here to tell you, it's not. It's not. In fact, Twitter's actually lost people. Like, it used to have a lot more people on there than they do now. Part of it's because of all the weird shit. It's like this Twitter mob that just comes after anything and everybody these imagined slights and just if you disagree with him and look i'm not saying dave didn't do anything look what he did was fucking stupid david ellison i love you man but you're fucking dumb i don't know what the fuck you were thinking you know momentary lapse of reason to all you pink floyd fans out there i don't know i don't know what the fuck it was what he was thinking i mean look dude we all get our fucking jerking okay we all do it Everybody does. <laughs> Let's just be real about it, you know. Sure. Um, but I don't fucking do it. I don't do it where people can see, and I, especially on social media being recorded. Now, from what I understand, David didn't know he was being recorded, possibly. I don't know. And, and like you said, the woman that apparently he did it with, she said, hey, I instigated it. I'm an adult, blah, blah, blah. Some people have accused him of grooming because apparently when she first joined his band camp or whatever the fuck it was i'm not 100 sure on that right um that she was underage and that he was grooming her well if he was grooming her then why didn't he start fucking hitting on her right when she turned 18 exactly from what i can see that's not the fucking case this shit didn't happen until she was like 19 or 20 so again you know and, and, and look now, look, if there's some other facts out there and Dave was up to something illegal and no good, then it will come out. And if so, then, yeah, by all means, throw the book at him. You know you know what I mean? Right. But this shit of fucking judging people before you even have all the facts, I'm, I'm fucking sick of it, man. I'm just tired of it. It's like you're guilty until you're proven innocent, man. Bullshit. Bullshit, man. It's like. Reason and accountability has just went out the fucking window these days, man. And I don't understand. Like I said, this whole Twitter mob anyway, man. They're just stupid. Like you have these companies, these entertainment companies. And I don't want to get off the subject of music, but I'll use a perfect example. American comic books are selling for shit right now, Bush. They're not. And and, and, and I'll tell you why. One of them, I quit collecting a long time ago. I used to buy comics all the time. Right. Now, uh, now I got a membership to Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite, and but even then, I, I a lot of times I read the older comics. Some of them are comics even before my time because it's like, okay, I've heard about these stories, but I never read them, so I'm going to check them out. I love comic books, I still do. But right now, manga is kicking in the West. I may add, not in their own country. Manga and anime is kicking the fucking shit out of comic books. The top like 20 selling graphic novels is all manga. As far as I'm concerned, the big two and all them other ones have nobody to blame for themselves because they keep trying to um, write and create um, 
the, I'm just going to say it, pandering to these fucking weirdos, um, this, this, you know, this woke bullshit, and, and they're losing fans left and right. People don't, you know, like they're, they're trying to have some of the characters look like just plain ordinary people. And like, there's a character where they've done this story where there's a character named Starfire from the Teen Titans. And, and it's like a possible future where she has a daughter and she's like this fat, frumpy looking. And I'm not trying to be cruel. Hey guys, guess what? I'm fucking fat. Okay. So let's just throw that out there right now. But you know what? I don't want to see. I don't want to see me in a comic book. Right. It's, I want to read Batman, not the adventures of Fat Man and Bob and the Boy Blunder. You know, what I'm trying to say is they're, 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 they're pandering to this audience, and all because of Twitter. And this dude who works in the industry just recently figured out or found out that most comic book readers and fans aren't on Twitter. So basically, you're trying to um, give into an audience that isn't there. These people might yell at Marvel and DC because they don't have enough whatever it is they want. But when they when they when they capitulate and comply, um, nobody's buying their comics. Nobody gives a fuck. And the right. old school fans are like, "Fuck, I'm gone." And then they insult you on top of it. And, and and again, but it's all bending to the Twitter mob. These this group of fucking weirdos. This small minority that's very vocal. Especially if you, see, I don't have Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. We have a Twitter for the station, right? And that's all we use it for is to let everybody know what we're playing. But I will never have a personal Twitter account. Fuck, motherfuck, tw- fuck. You know, I'll do Instagram, I'll do Facebook. I'm good. I don't fucking need Twitter. I don't get it anyway. I never have the whole fact that you know, because you can only put like so, like with Facebook, you can post shit and it can be quite lengthy. You can't do that on Twitter. It's like so many characters per space or whatever to fuck and. You know, and you know, I don't know. I just, I don't get it personally. I just don't get it, man. Maybe I'm an old guy. I don't know. But I, to me, it, David Mustaine, Dave Mustaine, he, he buckled, dude. He buckled to the Twitter mob. And I'm just fucking sick of it. It's like the other day, I, I don't want to sound like a dick, but there was somebody in the chat room while I had a DJ in. I'm not going to say who it was, but he was kind of whining about Alice Cooper and Ace Fraley tour like, that, well, you know, that's just going to be like going to a Republican convention or some ignorant shit like that. And wow. I'm sorry. I don't care if Alice and Ace are conservative or Trump supporters. I don't care if they're not like, I'm one of those people that I, I separate the artist from the art. And I, I, I you don't know how bad I just want to go. Motherfuck, fuck politics, motherfucker. I don't care. Like if you're going to let that affect your enjoyment of their music, then you're an idiot. I'm sorry. And it's the same thing when people get mad at, at an artist like Cheap Trick who 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 says something anti-Trump. Well, I'm never listening to Cheap. Well, you're a fucking moron. You're an idiot. I mean, in my opinion, you're a pussy. You're a fucking snowflake. And we got them on both sides, man. They're just oh, pussies, yeah. man. It's like, oh, you know, I want to I want to live in an echo chamber where everybody agrees with me. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, you fucking pussy. Yeah, you know. Whatever. Whatever happened to sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I mean, when did everybody become such pussies, Bush? I, Fuck. I, I don't know. I don't know what this whole, oh, I'm offended thing is all about. Oh, my God. You know, By I mean, every fucking thing. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, literally nothing offends me. That doesn't mean things don't piss me off. 
but nothing offends me like where I'm so shocked. Oh, that we have to remove that because that bothers me. No, not at all. I'm going to tell you something, Bushy. These motherfuckers, this Twitter mob, these, these woke fucks, they're just as bad as any puritanical fucking right-wing religious people are. You remember those motherfuckers that wanted to cancel everything in the 80s? Yeah. Oh, Satan and all that, and they wanted to cancel shit. These guys are just as bad. They're just on the other side. Yeah. It's like they're trying to police everything, what people say, what they think, what you can watch, what you can like. Hey, you know, go fuck yourself. If you don't, if you don't like something, here's an idea. Huh, ignore it. Exactly. Ignore it. That's what I do when somebody posts something on Facebook I don't agree with. I don't sit there and fucking argue with them and fight with them and debate with them on fucking Facebook. You know what I do? Oh, oh my God. I scroll by. Yeah, scroll I scroll by. by. I don't yeah. give a fuck. They're entitled to their opinion. And as long as they're putting it on their personal Facebook group page, I can get, give a shit less. Now, if they post something political in the metal mic Facebook group page, I don't give a fuck what side of the aisle you're on. That shit going to get fucking deleted. Yeah. Because I'm not having it, man. Exactly. And maybe you're saying, well, you're a hypocrite because you're canceling them. No. I straight up tell people right away, no politics, motherfucker. No politics at that metal station. On either side, I don't want to hear it. My shit, me doing this, Bushy, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's my escape from that bullshit. Exactly. Politics and all the fucked up shit going on in the world, man. I don't want to bring it into my entertainment. I'm sorry, man. I just don't. Well, exactly. And that's, and that's kind of, you know, what you were alluding to with the comic book things, you know, and like with movies and television and stuff. I don't want well, to be preaching. Entertainment in general. It's, yeah. yeah. That's nothing. Like, if you got a message, at least be slick about it. Entertain me while you do it. Don't beat me over the fucking head with it. Right. I'm like, and that's what they do now. They just beat you over the fucking head with it, man. They're... They're not sly or subtle at all. Like, for instance, man, I was a huge fan of the X-Men. What was the X-Men's big message? Hey, don't hate. Right. You can hate anybody you want, but you do it because they did something to you. You can hate an individual, but you don't hate a group of fucking people. That's not fucking cool. You know? They, boom. There's a message there, but they did it in an entertaining way. They didn't beat you over the fucking head with it. Right. You know? And this shit of diversity. You, you know what? Pick another team of superheroes that's more diverse than the X-Men. You can. And they were doing that shit when it was when when the word diversity didn't even fucking exist. So that's what pisses me off about these people. It's like they want to act like science fiction and fantasy and, and, and comic books has never they've always been progressive. Think about it this way, dude. Superman was created in 1938. His main love interest was a career reporter. Right. A woman in 1938, dude. Yeah. Now think about that for a minute, man. Comic books have always been progressive, you fucking morons. Get oh, the fuck out of here. True, true story. True story. This whole thing about Megadeth, it irritates me because if you don't have all the facts, why are we jumping the gun? Don't act like you're getting some kind of big, crazy backlash. You know, your album sales aren't going to suffer because... You know, Ellison's caught waking it on a video. Who who cares at this point? And that's what point? I'm saying. At the, at the end of the day, all he did was embarrass himself and his family. Exactly. Okay? He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't hurt that girl. He didn't hurt, It's not like he tampered with a little girl or a little boy. It's right. not like some really sick shit, man. It's not. It, like I said, man, I ain't gonna lie. I, I love Junior, man. I, you know me. I'm a big Megadeth guy. I love Megadeth. Oh, man. me too. Yes. You know, 
You know, out of the big four, when I was, I'm talking back in the day, they were my favorite thrash metal band, you know. They still are, for me. Um, see, for me now, I would say, this is going to sound crazy, because this is a band that's not even in the big four, but uh, Death Angel is one of mine. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still love Megadeth and always will, but Megadeth kind of went through a period there where I kind of tuned out, Bush. I have to be honest, you know. Um Kind of like with Metallica, did the same thing there too, you know. Where I, I mean, I still love them. I'm still a Megadeth fan, always will be. But, but yeah, I'm a little pissed off about this because I mean, the first time David left, that was under different circumstances. But this one, man, I'm just like, I'm just like, I, I don't know. It's like, and David Mustaine and Dave's Mustaine, I should say, right. words. What? No second chance. Well, you didn't give. Ellis in the second chance, man. It's like, boom, you're out of here. And I knew, I knew the minute Ralph reported that they had Megadeth, I guess it was on Twitter or whatever social media, that Megadeth quit following David Ellison. I knew right then and there, just Ralph fucking called it. Dr. Fuck, you called it. He's going to fire him. He's going to, and then not a week later, boom, he's gone. And I'm just like, I just don't think a guy, not just David Olsen anyway, I don't think people deserve to, to lose their livelihood just because they say something you don't. Let's let, leave the Ellison thing aside, just people that say things that you don't agree with. Right. Like, that's fucked up, man. It's like, it, it, I don't know. I just don't get it. And like I said, I, I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe there was other things going on and and. And this was just the final straw for Mustang. He's like, fuck it, dude, you're gone. But um, I, it, it looks to me uh, like... See, I don't know. It, it, it they, like, they just finished a fucking album with him. So so what are they going to do? They're going right. to do the Wasp thing where you fire your drummer and you bring in uh, what's-his-face from Quiet Riot, Frankie Benali, and you put him on the album even though he didn't play a fucking note? Is that what we're going to do? Are, are we going to get a different bass player on the album cover just because this thing went down? Because that's fraudulent as shit. Or are you going to be honest, go in there, have a new guy lay down the bass tracks at least? Right. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do, man. It, it, it's a mess. It's a fucking mess, man. It is. I mean, and, and my biggest issue is is Ellison's bass style is, is so fundamental to the Megadeth sound. You know, that I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've been they've switched through multiple guitarists, you know, multiple drummers. It's 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 not even Megadeth anymore. It's a Dave Mustaine show. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, they may as well just call it Megadave now. I mean, and it was that way for a while. Like people have to remember, Elson hasn't been in the band the whole time. I mean, he had left for a while. Yeah, he left and, for a while. And and, and, and I'm not saying. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, but I. For for me. Um, I think the band is better with David. I'm not going to lie, man. I mean, proof's in the pudding. Dystopia is one of the best things they've done since, for a lot of people, Countdown to Extinction. Yeah. I think it's better than Countdown. I think, you know, I put it behind uh, Rust in Peace. For it, me. It's definitely a quality fucking record. Oh, for sure. And I, I and I don't, you know, and, and this is coming from a guy that didn't know if they still had it in them. I didn't know they were capable. I mean, I know that sounds... I know I sound like I'm being very critical on them. I'm I'm not okay. Well, maybe well, I am. Look, maybe I am. But it's okay. It, it's, it's okay. It's it's okay. We don't want to be pathetically sub no, it, subjective. It, it, right. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Fuck that guy too. He's probably probably part of the Twitter mob, fucking pussy. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, he's probably one of the ones who say, "Get rid of him." Hashtag fire David Ellison now. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's one of those guys. Um, fucking what was that guy's name? Yeah, Nick the Dick. Nick Fuck the that. Dick. Um, anyway, um, no, dude, I just, yeah. I don't know, man. It just it's frustrating. It's like I like I said, you know, with with well, Megadeth, this things where I love the first several albums. Euthanasia is where they kind of lost me, and after that, I kind of tuned out. Now, there's been a few songs I like here and there, but as far as a whole album, I don't think they've done a really truly great cohesive album until Dystopia. Again, that's my opinion. Right, and now, you were saying you didn't think they had it in them, and I then I interrupted you. Uh, what were you? Yeah, were you... I didn't. I didn't think they had it in them to do a record like that anymore. You know, like, so, you know, let's be honest, dude. And this is with all bands. When they when a band first comes on the scene, they're young and they're hungry and they're full of fire and they're angry and they're pissed off. And once you get successful, you kind of, a lot of bands and artists, they, they, they lose, they, 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 uh, they, they lose their base. They lose their um, footing or whatever the word I'm, you know, they, they, they they lose they their edge, if you ask me. Yeah, they lose their edge, but they're also kind of... They're, they're surrounded by a bunch of fucking ass-looking sycophants that tell them everything they do is great no matter what. They, right. they, 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 they don't... They're, they're, not in, they're not in touch with the fans. They don't have their finger on the fans' pulse, so to speak. Right. Um, I feel that way about... Now, there might be some people in the band that are like... like Again, not to go into the Kiss Vortex, but hey, we love Kiss, so fuck you, motherfuckers, if you don't, don't, don't like it. But oh. I've always felt like Ace Frehley, out of the four original members, had his finger on the pulse of the fans. He wasn't really in favor of them doing disco-type st stuff. He, he, Even though he complied and gave them three shitty fucking pop songs, power pop is, or whatever, because people want to defend Unmasked, man. It just cracks me up, like... It's a great record, and yeah, it's not hard rock or metal, but it's perfect power pop. No, 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 no. No, you're you're just a kiss tart. And I don't know. I shouldn't be that way. Everybody has their opinion. Everybody's pathetically subjective. <laughs> um, and if you like it, that's cool. You know, I'm not gonna bash you. I yeah, say twenty that. years but ago, I, I, you but, couldn't tell but, me that was a bad album. I can't even listen to it now. You know, but then again, but you were a kiss tard, weren't you? Be honest. Back, back I then, yeah, they did no wrong. I wasn't exactly. I was the same way with Ozzy. I was the same way with a lot of artists. Like it was like they could do no wrong, no matter what. And and uh, but you know, even um, even with Kiss, man. I mean, I gotta be honest because because I started in uh, being a Kiss fan at such a young age when they were still the shit. Like when they were. I, I, I was a little guy, dude, but I remember the, watching the Paul Lynn Halloween special as a little kid. Wow. You understand? Like, yes, yeah. I remember that. I remember that, man. And I'd all, I was already into them because of Alive, because my brother brought home Alive. I was like, oh, my God, it's Kiss, you know? Right. It's, it's a huge, huge – I mean, it's a big uh, memory from my childhood, Bushy. So for me, it's like when they were doing Unmasked, my brothers and I were like, what the fuck is this shit? We hated it. We hated it. Right. You know, my brother was such a hardcore fan. He bought Dynasty. And the minute he heard I was made for loving you, he took the fucker off the turntable and threw it up against the wall and broke it.
I just assumed the whole album was disco until I had another friend go, no, dude, listen to this. He played fucking Hard Time and fucking the Ace Fraley songs and the Gene songs. I'm like, well, this ain't that bad, man, you know? So so there you go, you know what I mean? Like, But at the time, my brother took that as a total fucking betrayal. And, and he still talks about to this day that that was the first time he felt like he'd been betrayed by a band. And I, I think we all did to a certain extent, you know? It was like, well, what? What? You know, like, what the fuck, you know, and, 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 and I've had that feeling several times. I had that feeling the first time I heard Inner Sandman about Cry, 
and not in a good way. I was like, what, what is this? This isn't what it, Oh, what is this palpable patronizing bullshit? That's how I felt when I first heard entertainment. I hated it. Still hate that song to this fucking day. I can't stand it. I think it sucks. (laughs) And I know that my opinion is fucking, um, not the majority, but I don't give a fuck. I I hate it. I hate that fucking record. Not the whole record. There's some good songs on there, but even the songs that like, okay, sad, but true. Amazing riff. I said this on Ralph and, Ian's podcast, but it's so redundant. It's the same riff over and over and over through the whole song. And to me, that's just not Metallica. Metallica is a band that would have an awesome riff that would go into another section of an awesome riff that would go into another awesome riff that then would go right back to the original riff that started the song. You know what I mean? And I love like that's one of the reasons why I love Black Sabbath so much is listen to End of the Void. You got the opening riff, but then you have like two or three awesome riffs after that, plus Tony just smoking the lead. And then that, you know, so you got the da na 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 Right, you got that awesome riff. But then at the very end, you got the ba-da-da-da, ba-ba-da-da-da. It wasn't the same riff over and over and over through the entire fucking song. And, you know, yeah, so Metallica, like, I understand why they made the songs shorter. I understand why they simply, I get it, man. You know, because some of them songs on fucking Justice for All, it's almost progressive thrash. I understand why they stripped it down a bit, but I still felt Maybe, like- because I, when I listen to Justice, I don't get bored. And you know my feelings on progressive music as a rule. I mean, I'm Pink Floyd, they're, they're a rare exception. I love Floyd. Right. But I don't. I, I typically don't like these super long songs. Like, holy fuck, man. You know, five, six minutes, you're losing me. That Justice album, I never get bored. Yeah, you got a valid point. You know, but there's, there's something just... going on all the time. I mean, even though, you know, and a lot of Metallica fans, because I remember this back in the day, when the video for One came out, that's, that was my introduction to Metallica. Right. Okay. Um, uh, my buddy had been one of those guys that was a Stone Cold Metallica fan from the beginning, and he was fucking furious yeah. that they had a music video. He's like, my band doesn't get MTV play. My band doesn't get radio play. You know, so he was fucking furious. And then by the time the Black Album comes out, he was done. You know? Yep. And uh, I know, uh... with me, the Black Album, I dig it. Uh, I don't worship it the way a lot of people do. But there's some quality stuff on that record. You just have to dig a little bit. You know? Yeah. I'm not a I, I'm not a hater on Unforgiven. I think that's probably one of the greatest songs ever written. Um, oh, yeah, that and um, nothing else matters. I think those are fucking brilliant. I think it was just um, Unforgiven. A... Is I think them realizing that they were fucking their original fans over, and they know that we're never going to forgive them. So that's why they wrote that song. <laughs> and nothing else matters should have been nothing else matters, including my integrity. Um, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I think a lot of fans were just so shocked at what the fuck Metallica's doing ballads. And it's like, no, dipshit. They've done ballads their whole fucking career, except maybe the first record. That's Fade, true. Fade to black but, is but a fucking again, ballad. I don't care what you call okay, it. It's, it's okay, a fucking that's ballad. That's fine, but nothing else matters pales in comparison to Fade to Black. Just pales. It's just not near as good. It's 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 Fade to Black, but like palpable. Um, safe. Yeah, well, I don't that's, care if it's palpable. I, I I think it's a really good song. It's well, well written. Well, that's fine, it's dude. Well played. You know, Bill loves it. I I don't. I mean, I. I I don't hate it, really. I mean, Bill thinks I hate it. I don't hate it. 
I'm just like, okay, can we move on into the next? It, it just bores me after a while. It's right. Just, but I'm it just tell you, if it's a song. Grab me, dude, it just doesn't grab me. Like Fade to Black, and the first time I heard that, and that's a mellow song. It gets heavier as it goes along, but yeah. even one starts off mellow, very acoustical, and um, it just ends at like fucking rapid fire speed. Right, and I'm one of those fans that I wasn't, actually, I was the opposite. When I heard Metallica was doing a video, I got excited. I'm like, oh my god, they're doing a video? They're finally going to do a video? It's, you know, to me, it was almost like about fucking time, you know? Right. I, yeah, I, I was, can see that. Like I said, my buddy, he was fucking furious about it. Yeah, well, he's probably one of those guys that had been into him probably from the very beginning, from, you know? And from I, the very beginning. Right, and and I was, well, I, I came around... Well, really, it was Ride the Lightning that, I mean, I heard Kill Em All. I heard it in 83, and I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Like, it freaked me out, dude. Too much for me at the time. I, I just was like, it was almost like, what's this new sound that I have to take in? And I'm not sure if I like it or not, you know? Right. Um, flash forward a year or two later, I hear it for him the bell tolls and fade to black, and I'm like, ooh, what's that? And this is like right before Master of Puppets drops so it's like 85 86 well, i think master puppets came out in 86 so yeah it's 86 maybe i'm a little older and i liked it and then i remember the my buddy who my brother's buddy who tried to turn us on to kill him i'm like hey man do you have that 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 for whom the bell tolls and he's like yeah dude i got the whole album so he burned you know he, he dubbed me a copy of that he, and then master puppets just come out and my brother my older brother bought that that's when I started getting into thrash metal. And then, of course, around that time, my brother also bought S.O.D. and was buying Anthrax and Megadeth and Peace Cells. But who's buying, though? That was the album that made me go, OK, I'm all in on this thrash metal thing. After that, that, that album, I, that song yeah. in particular is what turned me into a thrash fan. Exactly. And and that album and, 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 and after that, my brother and I bought every goddamn thrash album we could get our hands on. You know, and it just seemed like they were just coming out of the metalworks, man. I mean, Nuclear Assault, Forbidden, Death Angel, um, you know, uh, Overkill, all these bands, you know, were, I mean, it was new at the time, at least to me, you know, and, and each one I'm going, oh, my God, this is amazing. And this is amazing. And the first time I heard S.O.D., I about shit myself, dude, like that riff. I mean, yeah. after that, I became pretty much a thrash metal dude but i still loved my street level fucking rock and roll and and that's why bands like when i first heard guns and roses uh and here's the thing we bought i forget which metal magazine it was in but my brother bought appetite for destruction just on the strength of this review alone now wow. keep in mind dude this is way before appetite blew up nobody knew who guns and roses was my brother went to the record store in st louis and he bought it and he bought the original cover with the painting Right. Okay, like that thing's worth I don't know how much money now. Um, he bought it. We fell in love with it. Just absolutely fell in love with that album. And it was like very like, oh, man, this is like Aerosmith, you know, but, but it, it just had an edge to it. It wasn't thrash, but it was still heavy. It had that street level fucking that sleaze, that stank that yeah. you have. And then next thing I know, Tesla comes out with their first album. Again, it, it, it filled that void that I felt was missing from some of the um you know uh sunset strip bands right at the time you know because like 
you know, I don't want to go into all that because we're going to be talking about at least some of those bands. But as far as the whole David Eliphasen thing, I, I definitely think it's 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 not right. I I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's um it you know and, and I don't know if you know this, but he is uh, seeking legal action. Did you hear about that? I did not. Uh, not against Megadeth. Uh, what's he? What he's oh, doing? Oh, oh, the person that released the video. Uh, not, right here, right? David Olson, David Elson released a statement on Megadeth dismissal, looking to file cha- charges over leaked videos. This person will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Well, you know, since right here, Rhett, Megadeth recently parted ways with longtime bassist David Elson. The parting came after text exchanges and explicit FaceTime videos were posted online between Elson and an unknown third party that was allegedly underage at the time the relationship began, which that's been proven false. At right. the time, Elson said the currently embarrassing leaked materials were not something he was proud of, but stresses that the footage was taken out of context and manipulated to inflict maximum damage to my reputation, my career, and my family. Specifically, Elson noted the person he was interacting with was of age. Now Elson has issued a statement to Rolling Stone, fuck that rag, saying he's working with local police on an investigation of the person who posted the video. Elson said he plans to change charge the person responsible for posting what he deems revenge pornography online, and that he's also filing a defamation lawsuit against the person. Recently, a very private video was legally posted on the internet and false allegations were made against me. The actions in the video were between two consenting adults and were recorded without my knowledge. I'm working with Scottsdale Police Department in an investigation into charges regarding revenge pornography to be filed against the person who posted this video. Also, my lawyers are preparing a defamation lawsuit to be filed against this person. This person will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I'm taking this time to be with my family. I wish my bandmates the best with their upcoming tour. Wow. Yeah, so there you go. So he's still being a class act about it. Yeah, and not only that, not only is he being a class but dude, I'm thinking, like, if he was doing something illegally, if this girl was underage, or he wouldn't be fucking pursuing this legally. He just no. wouldn't be, dude. He had No, because cause then everything comes out. Exactly. So to me, you know, yeah, like I said, I, what he did was fucked up, man, as far as, like, it was stupid. That was stupid. It wasn't fucked up. Who hasn't jerked off in front of their fucking girlfriend? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean about that. I'm talking about, like I said, dude, I'm just really leery about things with the internet, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jerking my jerking on a camera. (laughs) I'm not doing it, dude. You know? Eh, see me, I don't care. But I'm also not married. Well, you yeah, know, that's and, that, and that's something and that's he has to deal with with his sure. family. It's not it's not Mustaine's fucking business. And I'm sorry, I don't think it's like, oh well, Ellison was spanking it on video, and we're not going to come see the show with Lamb of God. Fuck you. Now I might not go because I was thinking of getting tickets. They're coming to Charlotte, but if 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 Junior's not there, who who the hell's playing bass? Right. I mean, I, I haven't heard a replacement is. They're supposed to be going on tour real soon. So now you got to get a guy up to speed on their music. Who, who do you get? So I don't know. I think I think it's a bitch move getting rid of them. I think it's a bitch move. I do. I do. You know, um, I really do. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that like I'm anti Dave Mustaine now or that I'm never going to listen to Megadeth again or well, anything no. like that. 
or I might that I'm not even going to check out the new record, but I'm not going to lie. I'm fucking disappointed. I'm disappointed, yeah. man. You know, I'm just like, dude, like, okay, if he really did something wrong and I'm talking like fucked up, fine. But I don't think he did anything where he deserves to lose his livelihood. You know, right. I mean, to me, he's the one that's got to deal with all the, the, um, the wreckage and the bullshit because you know there's going to be people i mean dude there, there's been people that have made about a billion about a billion memes and you know it's all over the internet and, and he, he's humiliated he's got to be man i know i'd be fucking embarrassed i'd be like oh fuck you know right but at the end of the day he didn't hurt anybody uh no as as far as like oh he hurt somebody he, he, he hurt somebody he was hurting what i will yeah, well, oh yeah, he's, I'm sure he was. I, I haven't watched the video. I'm not going to. I love David Elson, but I don't want to see any dude jerking off. Not my not my bad daddy. Okay, let's just throw that out there right now. Quit lying. He's watched this 16 times already. Oh, I'll try 16,000. But no, seriously, I, I just, ugh. I'm like, I'd really rather not, you know. It's just like, because, you know, he's the guy's like one of my heroes, man. I look, I look up. It's David Ellison, dude. It's fucking Megadeth. Uh, yeah. I got to beat him last time on Rocket Pods. I know. I hate you. So anyway. <laughs> he signed three of my records. I really hate you now. Dystopia, Rust in Peace, and uh, Peace Cells. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Because Rocket Pod rules. It does. And I missed it that year because I had a lot going on, though. I couldn't. Yeah. Stuff. This August will rock as Rocket Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Meet Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Ricky Rackman, Mark Goodman, Matt Pinfield, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, drum legends Carmine Apice and Vinny Apice, along with current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Except, Roxy Blue, and more panels, signing sessions, and vinyl and memorabilia vendors all available to you at Rockin' Pod. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, networking, and speaking sessions. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party concert featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skio and his new band Resist and Bite. Plus, Ron Keel Acoustic, Rock United, and a rare hair set featuring many surprise guests. Rockin' Pod Weekend, August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP, podcaster registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod, brought to you by DBG Productions, Brad Lee Entertainment, and Incaptia. We get to I'm go. gonna be there this year as a fucking podcaster, so I'm really, really excited about that. Well, yeah, I, I can't wait for Mr. Sinzak to get into releasing uh, the interview slots. You know, and uh, we got to decide, you know, who we want to talk to. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how the fuck this guy keeps getting in the news, but he he seems to weasel his fucking way in all the time. <laughs> and I I used to be a guy that was singing praises for this fucker until he fucked over friends of mine. But now he's just so fucking full of shit. Uh, and I haven't even read the whole story. All I did was look at the fucking headline and I'm like, bullshit. 
Vinnie Vincent <laughs> is back in the goddamn news. This fucker says that he could have joined, rejoined Kiss after the Revenge Sessions. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right here. Vinnie Vincent believes he could have rejoined Kiss after Revenge. Get the fuck out of here, man. Oh. Yeah. The only people that Gene and Paul were going to fucking, you know, um, how did I put it earlier? You know, shove aside Bruce Kulik for it would be Ace Frehley. They're yeah. not going to. Bruce is, you know. In my opinion, I'm right there with Ace. He was probably the best guitarist they had besides him as far as he came in, he did his job, he did a good job. He he, you know, he realized, okay, I'm a team player. I'm not the, you know, you know, I mean, but Bruce did a good job, man. And and that's why I get pissed at some of these fucking kiss tards, you know, and, and every fan base has them, where they right. get pissed because you don't support what kiss is doing now well you're not a real fan well, hey fuck you me and my brother mark especially marky he supported every era he bought every album he loved bruce cooley met him thinks he's a yeah, great guy i, th I, oh, I think yeah. bruce is an amazing guitar player he's a damn good guitar player man damn good guitar player i mean hey man some of those solos he does and and, and some of, i mean hey even the songs i don't like i'll be like oh nice guitar solo there bruce you know what i mean the guy did his fucking job you know where with vinnie yeah. vinnie is on a songwriting level hey i'll give it and it seemed to me he had chemistry with gene and paul like he he you know he I mean, fuck, dude, what, eight, eight, eight out of the ten tracks in Lick It Up and, like, several of the ones in Creatures. Um, I'm not going to say, say there isn't a chemistry there, but I also know he caused all kinds of problems. He, he wouldn't, you know, sign the contract that Gene and Paul won. You know, he wanted to be treated as if he was an equal member, and I'm like, dude, that's never going to happen. When you join an established band, you are a fucking hired gun. Yeah. And to me, it was like, so it wasn't enough that you were going to get songwriting and performance royalties for the songs that you helped write. You want, you want equal, that's not going to happen, dude. You're not Ace fucking Fraley. You're not an original member of the band. And let's just be honest, man. Vinny is obviously somebody who's mentally ill. I think he's a narcissist. I think he, th in his mind, he is this huge megastar. Um, and he... Again, I mean, Gene Simmons says it himself right here in this very article, man. I think I've got uh, it Simmons. there. Vinny was up to his old tricks again. He reneged on a side deal we had made and yep. decided he wanted to renegotiate. He eventually sued us and lost. As far as I was concerned, he was persona non grata forever. Exactly. And that's after revenge. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't know how right Vinny could say in his own mind it could have it could have happened. Right, it's like... Because he does say it's his opinion. He's making sure you know it's his opinion in the article, but come on, dude. Right here. you on? Prior to the end of the road launch, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons weren't very enthusiastic about the prospect of an onstage collaboration with Vinnie Vincent. Paul says, now Vinnie's that one exception, and for so many reasons, Stanley told yeah. Tarot before. I would say that's not someone who I want to celebrate anything with. What the fuck does that tell you? And then right yeah, here, exactly. Simmons also chimed in, explaining it's it's worth stating that Vinny has sued the band and uh, and lost 14 times. I'm not here to cast any aspersions. He is a talented guy. That's why he was in the band in the first place. But would I depend on him to get up on stage and do anything? Never. Can he come to the shows? Of course, anybody can. But on stage, never. 
Does this sound like somebody would be like, yeah, he could have fucking joined us back when we were recording for Revenge? Yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right here it says April 2018, Vincent joined Simmons at the Kiss bassist vocalist Vault event in Nashville, Tennessee. He later said in an interview that he felt he got a cold reception and was treated very indifferently by Gene at the event. You think? You know, I mean, when you burn bridges, man, and that's what this motherfucker does. He has a history of doing it. It's not just the kiss. I mean, he did it. Well, Gene said it, the most self-destructive person he's ever met. Yeah, he did it with the Decibel Geek guys. I mean, he just recently fucking attacked him again. You know, with his his publicist or whatever, like, that that we're on his, that, 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 you know, that they're on his coattails. Dude, you had your one event that coincided or went against Chris's event. Well, the last one they did, the one I didn't get to go to, and uh, yeah, and it was hugely from, successful. The rock, yeah, part, I mean. and, and, and I heard his was fucking empty, like it was just empty, man. There was nobody there, or very yeah. few people there. It's like, dude, you know, you fucking blew. Hey, Vinny, if you're listening, and you probably are, because you're a narcissistic fuck. So anybody that you know posts anything with your name on it, you're gonna look at it. So here you go, you hermaphrodite fucking freakazoid bitch. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm merciless, and I'll tell you why. Um, I don't, I don't, you know me, Bushy. I don't care what people do or what they're into. If you want right. to be a C or whatever the fuck your deal is, go with God or whatever other deity you believe in. I don't care. So maybe that was a little harsh, but he attacked people that, you know. I'm not the closest friends with the Decibel Geek guys, but I mean, Aaron Camaro invited me into his fucking home, dude. Right. I hung out with the guys. I drank beer with them. I got to know them. They're good dudes. Chris is a good guy. And these guys fucking, they, they waved that pink flag fucking higher than anybody, man. For years. For fucking ever. They fucking supported you, motherfucker, okay? And you fucking, you know, and fuck him. I mean, fuck this guy. This is a guy who he, you know. He did it with Kiss. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sign this contract. And then it's almost like he tries to do the whole Darth Vader. I've altered the deal. Pray yeah. I don't alter it any further. Only he's not Darth Vader because Vader's a badass who can alter shit. You yeah. can't. You're a fucking weird fuck. You're, you, Vinny, honestly, I'll be nice about it. I'm sorry I called you a hermaphrodite, all right? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Go get some help. <laughs> Vinny. Vinny, go, go go see a shrink, brother. Maybe, maybe some help, yeah. Get some help, yeah. dude. Take your fucking meds for the love of Christ or what other uh, uh, what other other deity you believe in. I mean, seriously, bro. Because here's the thing: like my nephew Kane, he don't give Vinny any slack. He's like, fuck that guy. And I'm like, well, he's mentally ill. And he goes, so I take my medicine. I'm like, ooh, touche. Because Kane right. has mental illness, so yeah, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't buy into that. Oh, woe is me. And like he said, hey, just because you're fucking insane doesn't give you a license to be an asshole. Right. You know, and 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 Vinny's a guy that, like I said, man, if he had done that rock and pot, he would have cleaned up, dude. And he lives right there in Nashville. He would have cleaned up, man. There were people oh, yeah. that were buying the VIP package and all that. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not. I mean, Vinny Vincent Invasion had a few good songs, but I was, man. It, it wasn't my bag. I mean, I thought it was kind of pretentious and overdone and just over the top, you know. Um, yeah. And I got to be honest with you, I was never much of a Slaughter fan either. With that being said, I will say this, though. Mark Slaughter is one of the nicest guys I've ever met, man. 
Oh yeah, and, he was real and, cool with a better of a rock. Right, and I don't. One. Right, and I don't hate Slaughter's music. It's they're okay, you know. They're one of those bands that if I'm at a party and they're playing in the background, I'm okay with it. But I've never been a yeah Slaughter. But I wasn't real big on Vinnie Vincent either, you know. Like I had, I think I bought the first record. I had it on tape. Uh, there's a few songs I like, but I was. I was never a fucking like, yeah, man, Vinny's my boy. With that being said, I do think the guy is a tremendous talent. He's a damn good guitar player, and 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 he's a good songwriter. Like I said, he really he, meshed well. You know, he's me. also a really good singer. Yes, he's got a good voice. Vinny is a talented dude. I will never take that away from yeah, him. Yeah, talented dude, but uh, but like like Gene said, and and you know, and he proved it with this decibel geek thing with rock and pod. Yeah. Yo, yo, he proved it there. The most self-destructive person you'll ever meet. Yeah. I mean, just like, I mean, like really, just really blatantly bad, man. Like, you know, and a while back, like I said, he, you know, I think it was him, but it was his publicist were basically attacking the the rock and pod, attacking the decimal key guys again. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you know, like. They, and they've left the fucker alone. They have totally left him alone. There was one episode Chris did where I guess Vinny had booked some shows and then he backed out and 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 left the promoter hanging. And and I remember Chris saying after he read the story, he goes, "I got one thing to say: fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck this guy. You do that to your fans, you know. I mean, you know. So it's not like Chris won't tell you, but." But, you know, see, Chris got, you know, he's a classy guy. He's a, he's a class act, for sure. I, I, I'm a good dude. I'm not the classiest motherfucker. I mean, me and Bill, Bill busts my chops all the time about, well, because, you know, I cuss a lot even on the air. And, you know, I was, you know, and he'll, he'll go, that's not very professional. No, I'm like, hey, fuck professionalism. I can give a fuck less. Okay, I don't care about any of that. You know, right. maybe and maybe that's to my detriment. I don't fucking know. I don't give a fuck. You know, I, 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 I call it the way I see it. And it's from the heart. Even like I said earlier, when I say something critical about a band, it doesn't mean I don't love them or care about them. And as far as Vinny goes, yeah, talented dude, but the guy's a hot mess as a human being. And I think he needs to get some psychiatric help, man. Personally, I think the guy's fucked up. Like he's, he's just, he, he has all the telltale signs of someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. And for someone who was in a relationship that had that, I'm telling you, he's got it. He, it's just, you know, nothing's ever their fault. They're right. perfect. Um, and and just the whole, like, like I heard another thing he was doing while they were touring for Lick It Up, and I guess he was even doing it for Creatures of the Night, was he would do these, like, fucking 30-minute long guitar solos. This is just really self, and it would piss Gene and Paul off. Like, I hear towards the end of the, the tour, Paul just wanted to fucking kill him. Like, literally, right. the fuck out of him. You know, so um, so maybe that's why he called him a mean Mr. Mustard. I don't fucking know, but I'm going. But it got so bad that from what I hear and it's never been official, but it wouldn't surprise me. I heard Gene would like call Ace and leave messages on his voicemail going, Ace, you have to come back to the band. This motherfucker is doing 30 minute guitar solos. He's driving us nuts. You have to right. come back. Please, Ace. <laughs> You have to like, you know, and that's the thing that kind of cracks me up about Gene and Paul and their revisions history. Cause they'll even go, well, those dudes had two chances and they were, Hey, Ace never fucking got fired guys. No, he, he left. left every time he yeah. left. And like he said with the revenge or with the farewell tour, he thought, well, I thought it was for well, for real. So why would I 
come back, you know, when exactly. You know, like, so, yeah, again, they want to do that whole revisionist thing, but I'm going, uh, yeah, no, you guys didn't want him to leave. You had a huge deal with Polygram Records at the time, and you weren't going to get near the money you had if Ace didn't stay in the band. Yeah. So, and, and to me, I'll tell you what, with them two guys, I think a part of them have never forgiven Ace for doing that. Like, probably. Deep you know, down. Probably. Yeah, they, they, yeah, because that was a lot of money. And, and, and also, I think Kiss was really hurting at the time. And I think they felt like, well, you left us when we needed you the most. I yeah. think the way Ace looks at it is like, oh, oh who maybe, does that song? Was you left the. Just when I needed you more. I don't know. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't. I'm sorry. Uh, so, so, I don't know how to I, that book. I will find you out. Wouldn't. He's like, you wouldn't. <laughs> something to say You left in the rain without closing the door I didn't stand in your way Now I miss you more than I missed you before and now where I'll find comfort God knows Cause you left me just when I Um, I'll try to rectify that as soon as possible. It's not ringing a bell. I might have heard it, but it's just not ringing a bell right now. But Ace, man, I think Ace, where he was coming from, is like, hey, I'm tired of being outvoted two to one, three to you know two to one. I'm tired of being like not having control over my career. Like you know, like he would try to give him advice or tell him, hey, I think this is a bad idea. They didn't. If if they had listened to him, I don't think Ace would have left. I'm, I'm I just got to be real. I don't. You know? Probably not, and you know, and I'm one of those guys. Like, I think Dynasty is great. I think it gets way too much slag well, as a disco album because there's only really two songs. Maybe Dirty Live is a little disco-y too. I think it is. I think there's three disco songs. I, I think, I but think, definitely sure knows something that I was made for loving you. Oh, for sure. And even yeah. even but Dirty Living's got some disco. It's, to it's it. got a, maybe some feel, but that's a good rocking song. No. And charisma, Charisma's, New York group. I, I think it's Rise. a solid fucking record. X Ray's Eyes. I I love oh, Ace's cover. Eyes is amazing. I love Ace's cover of I like Hit better. Yeah, two thousand and 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 uh, Hard Times and uh, what's the other song? Uh, New York Groove's on that one, right? No, that's the solo album. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a solo. Uh, solo. God damn it! I'm gonna look Hard it up. Times, X-ray eyes, yeah. Let me pull up my Ace Frehley folder real quick. God damn it! That's what I'm doing too, dude. <laughs> I know. See, this is see, this is what's great about being a DJ. We're not we're not going to fucking uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> we're opening up <laughs> exactly. Fucking, you know, our folders Dynasty because right we, now. 
Yeah, we have Save a plethora of music. Save, Save your, your love. love, yeah. Yeah, which again, Save it. Save, Save it. it. Yeah, I don't like that one much. I like it. I like it. I like every. I mean, Molly complained about Dynasty though. I don't like the production that much. It's got that pot. It's too polished. I like my kids to be a bit more raw. But this, most of the songs are good. And even to be fair, like Paul wanted to prove that he could write a disco a song, song before yeah, it could be song, hit. Yeah. And by God, he did it. He did. He it. did. Yeah. Uh, my biggest problem is not Dynasty. It's where they decide to triple down and go. Well, let's make a whole. Uh, sure, know something. Let's make a whole album of sure no somethings and 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 I was made for loving you. That's that's how I look at Unmasked. That's where right. and, and and even though Ace complied, he he gave them what they wanted. He said at the time he was like, yeah, I, I thought it was a mistake, and he really thought the Elder was just not like he even said later. He goes, look, I'm not saying the Elder is a bad record. He goes, but it just wasn't the album we should have made at that time. You know, and I think Ace was absolutely right. I mean, you know, and I think after that, dude, when they decided to make a really heavy album, it was just too little too late for Ace. Ace was like, you know what, fuck this, I'm done, man. It's a shame in a way that Ace didn't stick it out, but he says more than once that if he'd have stayed, he goes, I would have ended up dying. He was that unhappy, man. Well, fuck. You know, I mean, I think Ace likes money. I think Ace enjoys money, but I don't think he's as, in, as consumed by it as Gene and Paul are. And I'm just not right. putting Gene or Paul down. They're just different people, you know? Sure, sure. And, and um, See, and I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of The Elder, so, you know, I don't care. You know, I'm weird, Bush. I'm, um, I'm not really a fan of The Elder, but I don't hate it. There are good songs on there, and there's moments where I'm like, oh, I see what they were trying to do. Yeah. But it's a weird record, and I can understand why people... It's, it's weird for Kiss. I'll, I will definitely grant anybody Especially that hates the, the Elder, time, I will grant them that. At the time they put that record out, man, it was not what they needed to do. What, no, uh, they needed to release Creatures, because after fucking Unmasked... Well, and not only that, but uh, dude, if they had to... Okay, look at Unmasked. Look at Unmasked. Perfect example, man. Look what their contemporaries were doing, Bush. Look at the year 1980 and hard rock and heavy metal. To many people, including our good friend, our beloved Dr. Fuck, he feels 1980 is the greatest year in hard rock and heavy metal. And it's fucking kind of hard to argue with that fact when you look at right. what everybody was putting out at that time. I mean, my God, it's just the first Iron Maiden album came out that year. British Steel by Judas Priest came out that year. ACDC's fucking Back in Black came out that year. Van Halen's Women and Children First, Motorhead's Ace Spades, okay? I mean, dude, Saxon put out two albums that year that were fucking Stone Cold Classics. Then you got fucking Ozzy putting out Blizzard of Oz and Black Sabbath with fucking Heaven and Hell. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. And what's Kiss put out? Fucking Unmasked. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. Come on. Yeah, and I mean, there's a couple songs I like, I'm not going to lie, but the album as a whole... I, I can't listen to it. I, I can listen to one of the one or two of those songs that I like. I'm here. I'm but with you. Man. If it it, ain't, it's funny. It, Twenty years ago, I'd have never. Do be to argue all day about how that's a great Kiss fucking album. Not anymore. Not anymore. Some of it's just it's. I guess I got out of my Kiss tard mania. Well, I, it, <laughs> it happens with all of us, dude. You know, I, I got to be honest. Even then, like I, as a kid, I didn't like Unmasked. I didn't like. You know, uh, but so I, I, I now, but when I was little, like, for instance, man, um, 
there's a there's a kiss song on destroyer that a lot of people hate on i still love it and i think part of it's just for sentimental um nostalgic reasons great expectations but i can understand why people don't like that song Especially i love band, that fucking I, I love it too i love it i always have but I can understand. But again, it was the second Kiss record I ever heard. The first one being Alive. My next door neighbor had the first three albums under the originals, you know, or whatever they call it. When that was, when it was a triple album, they re-released the first three records and they called it the originals. And it had like a book, man. It was like three, it was the three, first three Kiss albums. I think they called it the originals. And Brian had that. So I got to listen to those records after I heard Alive. And I remember even thinking then, wow, these songs aren't as good on here as they are alive. They're still cool, and I liked them, but it, I noticed even then, like, oh, this is, it's not as heavy, you know? Even though I, I didn't really know what heavy was back then, you know what I mean? But right. I, could, I could hear yeah. the difference. And then my brother bought Destroyer, and I loved it. I loved it immediately, you know? But I can also understand where old school Kiss fans who were there for the first three albums and who were there for Alive, here's something like Great Expectations and go, what the fuck is this shit? I get that. I get that because guess what? I was that guy with Metallica. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. what is this, man? I don't even... And I'm not so, to, comparing that to the Black Album. I'm talking like maybe for Justice for All or even... Because, dude, there were, some, there were some fans that were so hardcore. They felt that fucking Ride the Lightning was a sellout because the songs like fucking Fade to Black and for whom the bell tolls. And I'm like, okay, if I was a Metallica fan from the very, very beginning, and I'm there for Kill Em All, and I've seen them live, and I'm all about the thrash metal, I could maybe see where somebody would go, well, what the fuck? What? What, what are they slowing down for? You yeah, know? yeah, maybe. To a certain extent. Um, you know, because I don't want to compare... I, I, I got in a debate one time where a dude, and I've told you this story before, where he wanted to compare dude, the Black the riffage, and for whom the bell tolls is ridiculous. Right, it's not fast. It's but not it's fast, heavy. but it's heavy. It's so, it's so sad. Look at us, look at us, fucking Ed Key right there. Oh, right, it, it's so <laughs> fucking heavy though, dude. It's so thick and heavy. It's sad, <laughs> you know. Like you don't always have to play a million miles an hour to be fucking heavy. I mean, Jesus right. Christ, I love sludge metal and it's slow as fuck. fuck. So I don't want to hear that. Negative proved that back in the day. So yeah. deep and hard. So his so crowbar, so his down, so is a bunch of different bands. But yeah, Typo Negative. And that was a band that originally was Carnivore, which was a thrash metal band. But so Yeah, and you know, not a Carnivore fan. I love Carnivore, but I love Typo God. too. Can't Carnivore from love, love Typo. I mean, I how can you not love songs called Jesus Hitler? I'm I'm sorry. I just, you know. I mean, oh, gr- Carnivore's one of those bands that, that I, I, I understand why people are like, oh, but to me, Carnivore was almost more of a I don't want to use the parody band, but 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 they had a lot of funny songs. Their subject matter was hilarious. I mean, they got one album that opens called Beer and Pizza, where it's a dude fucking puking because he got drunk the night before. He's puking up his pizza. I thought that shit was hilarious, man. Well, and they you continued know? that. On, on, you know, oh, very much uh, so. Pete's, Pete Steele continued that with Typo oh, yes, Negative. Very much so. He's got a great. He had a great sense of humor. But yeah, I mean, Typo though, totally different thing. But I, I love them both for different reasons. Um, I, I love Typo. Uh, you know, and the first time I heard him was, uh, I believe it was Christian Woman. It's either Christian Woman or Black Number One. And no, that's a big like, We should do a discussion on them. We should do a discussion on them, and we should invite our good friend and fellow DJ, DJ Samuel Wetz, 
to the show. To he said, man, if you ever do, you got you got to have you on for typo, dude. And now that I know you're a fan, that's one we should do in the future. Not right oh, away. I love ty- yeah, I love typo. That's such a different kind of band. Oh, they're you know, great. It, 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 those guys, I that was one of those fell in love immediately. Immediately went backwards. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. I got bloody kisses, and I went back and got Origin of the Feces and Slow Deep and Hard right away. Can I tell you something? And I was, I was just like, what the fuck is the this? The first time I heard Typo Negative was not Typo Negative album. It was the Black Sabbath tribute album, Nativity in oh, Black. Their yeah, version they did Black of Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Sabbath. And yeah. I loved it, and it was just Not like, Sabbath. They did like, Paranoid. No, no, they did the first Sabbath song. They may have done Paranoid in another one or a different time, but they, they've done a few Sabbath covers. But the one I'm talking about is the original. Native, Nativity in Black, right? Yeah, I've got it right here. It's, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you see, you're fast to me. I got to go to my various artists file. Got it. Boom. Black Sabbath. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it is Black From Sabbath. the Satanic Perspective. And, and, yes. and, and they did two versions, one where it's the original Aussie lyrics and then another one where they do totally different lyrics, but both amazing. Like that's got that's what you call doing a cover tune and doing it right. You make that shit your own. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Slow, down. deep and hard is what had paranoid on it, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. I and, gotcha. and, and but again, again, they made that theirs. Like anytime Peter Steele did a cover, he always made it his. He always put his spin on it. That's what I like. I don't want to hear. Fuck yeah. Well, they did Cinnamon Girl, man. I love that it. song. Loved it. I hear the original. I'm like, what is this garbage? Is Summer Breeze? Are you kidding me? Fuck Seals and Croft. <laughs> but I heard Typo's version. I, 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 I was like, oh my God. Girl. But again, my dad was a Neil Young fan. He played that song around the house. So I, I like Neil Young. I know Fuck it's not everybody's. Uh, I know. Uh, he's not everybody's test. Hey, there's one thing that's cool about him. He hates uh, David Crosby's guts. Yeah, well, Crosby, Stills, and Nash are great. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young fucking suck. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think I think David Crosby's a bitch, man. I'm I'm not. Yeah, he's the dirty th- hit. He's the dirty I, I, hit. I, I think he stepped on his dick not too long ago, but. Uh, at least he pulled it back. He raided it in. Yeah, I guess. That, sh- that, that shit he talked about, Eddie, was uncalled for. But It was very uncalled for. We need to move on. We need to move You're on. right. You're right, dude. I'm sorry. But anyway, what it, else? It's okay. I was it, just saying, it's though. It's perfectly I, okay. The thing about covers, to me, it's just like a remake of a film. I want that filmmaker to put their spin on that. I don't want to see the same exact movie I've seen before with different actors. I want to see something different. Or otherwise, why do it? What's sure. the point of doing a remake or doing a cover tune if you're not going to put your spin on it? And that's the one thing I'll That's true. Sometimes okay, it works man. and sometimes it don't. Typo negative, man, they always put their spin on their covers. And I love it. Yeah, they, def- they definitely made it theirs. I'll give you that. Totally. Moving on, man. Moving on. Vince Neal. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This guy, you know, we thought he was getting in shape. He was playing, you know, a solo gig. And as they break into girls about halfway through the song, you could hear his voice break. I, I watched a video before uh, we started earlier. You could hear his voice break. And he just, hey guys, sorry, you know, we've been playing a lot. And uh, my voice is shot. <laughs> yeah, he sorry, just... 
you know, we'll see you next time. But he walks off stage while the band is still fucking performing. I know. It was it was sad. It was sad. I, I you know, I know I I kind of rag on Motley Crue sometimes and I kind of say things. But at the end of the day, I still love those first two records. I like Vince. I, I feel bad for him. To be honest, though, Bushy, I don't mean to sound critical, but breaking news, water is wet. Okay. Um, yeah, he sounded like shit, but I think the last few times I've seen Vince, he sounded horrible. He he mails it in. He can't remember the lyrics half the time. He, you know, I remember hearing him do a version of Dr. Feelgood where he's all, like he ain't even singing the fucking lyrics, dude. And, you know, I'm just like, I feel See, sorry for the guy because I don't think the guy's ever been the same since he lost his little girl, dude. I, 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 I don't, I don't, dude. If you look at, if you look at him, it's been a gradual decline. Like, yeah, Vince has always been a drinker and liked to have fun. But to me, after his baby girl died, man, that's when he started blowing up. That's when he started drinking heavily. Like, not just a, hey, let's have a party fun kind of way, but like. Like, it's it's life now. Yeah, it's like he's fucking, fucking, he's just, he's given up, Bushy. I think, I think Vince has a broken heart. And I think, you know, I think he just does this. Like, I I honestly got to believe, like, when they got back together, none of them were really feeling it. And I think there's still hard feelings there. Like, I I think there is, too. I think they just realize, I mean, as good as that Karabi album was, and and it was really good. I remember being my stepdad. My stepdad introduced me to so much metal of the day, mm -hmm. okay, of of the time. And uh, we both loved the 94 Motley Crue. I was like, holy fuck, we like the fact there was a second guitar because you know when it's performed live, it fills in. I, I have a problem with three-piece bands. I mean, you can call them a four-piece because, well, you have the singer. But no, fuck that. It's a three-piece. I don't give a shit, even if you do have a singer who's separate. I've always liked two guitar bands more than one guitar band. Now, on album, they always sound great, but that's because... They're laying down tracks, you know, so the rhythm is still there. I, I love rhythm guitar. That's what I played for years was rhythm guitar. I couldn't play lead if you fucking gunned the head. There's only one band that can that, that doesn't need a, another guitar player. That's Black Sabbath. Not Stead. I, I, I don't disagree. And Van Halen was able to pull it off. Yes, Van Halen's the other one. You know, but uh, like when you listen to Pantera's live stuff, I'm sorry. I love Pantera. I think they're a pretty fucking killer band. Um, but if you listen to their live stuff, it gets empty real quick. Rex doesn't throw down the bass the way Michael Anthony did or the way Geezer did. He just uh, doesn't. Sorry. Uh, um, it, it gets empty real quick. I, I don't know if I totally if you agree have, with that. If, have you if ever if seen you Pantera a, live? Like seen them, seen them? Have I seen them, seen them? No, but I, but I have live music from them and I, I've, I've seen their live concerts online and on, on TV okay, and such. Right. You know, so I've heard it. I'm just saying, man, Pantera is one of the greatest live bands I've ever seen. Like, they blew me the fuck away well, every time I seen them. And I know seeing them is a different experience. I know that because you're in the moment. And, I mean, Dime was just... I mean, it's kind of crazy because some of the stories I would hear is he would be completely hammered and they're like, oh my God, this show's going to be a hot mess. And he would just come out and have a brilliant performance. I mean, I kind of see what you're trying to say. Like, for instance, 
domination, that that final riff, that and then Dime starts fucking just tearing into that solo. I can see where, but man, I've got a recording where they're in Russia live, and it's fucking amazing, man. And, and there ain't no rhythm guitar there. But I do think that... It, it, for uh, me, it just, it just gets empty real quick. And with Motley... I was excited about the second guitars because it's not empty during mm-hmm. the guitar solo time, you know? But, dude, so many people turned their back on crew. They sure did, man. Vince wasn't there. Look, I think, and this is coming from somebody that I got to be honest with you, I was kind of done with Motley Crue um, and had been. Like, you know, I had buddies of mine that were fellow metalheads that were still into him, so I got to hear... But I quit buying Motley Crue albums after Theater of Pain. I, I do think I got Girls, Girls, Girls for free from Columbia House, you know. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. It's free. Um, Funny, because Girls is actually my favorite. I, I know I know that, buddy. I know. And, and, and that's cool, you know, whatever. Uh, but my point that I'm trying to make is when Vince left, I wasn't really like, oh, well, you know, okay, whatever kind of thing. And then when I heard they were getting another singer, I thought at the time, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Because even though I wasn't really into crew at that point, I'm like, man, there's going to be a certain segment of crew fans that's just not going to accept that no matter how good it is. Right. And I got to be honest with you, I didn't really pay much attention to 94 when it come out. It wasn't until later when I had some buddies of mine go, dude, check this out. Listen to this. And I was like, hey, that's pretty fucking heavy. That's fucking pretty heavy fucking good, fuck. man. And, and, um, in fact, I was kind of hoping that when Vince got back, Karabi would stay as the other guitar player, and maybe they would do vocals together, kind of like Coverdale and Glenn Hughes and Deep Purple kind of thing, you know? Because, right? I, you know, because I knew Karabi was a decent songwriter, and I thought, what well, you know, and, and the band could maybe uh, uh, use some new blood in that way, and uh, um, and I don't know, maybe maybe Vince wasn't down for that, probably wasn't, you know, egos and shit and all that going, who knows. Um, but I think they shouldn't have called it Motley Crue. I've heard people disagree with me on that. And I'm like, look, I understand from the promoter's point of view and the record companies and the managers and everybody's got their fucking fingers in the pie that if Motley Crue had changed their name, Bush, it would have been, they would be literally starting all over. They'd be right. You know, Cause by that point, when you become an established band, you are now a brand. Let's just be real. Yes. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And people are paying for that name. It was the same thing with Black Sabbath when Ozzy left. Tony wanted to change the name of the band. They wouldn't let him. You know, it's just been well documented now. But at the time, you know. Uh, yeah, even that, what is it, Black Star? Is that the name of that record? And Tony Iommi is like the only fucking member of Black Sabbath that it's called Black Sabbath. Seventh Star. Seven Star. Yeah, yeah they, Star. they fucked him. That was supposed to be an Iommi solo album, man. Yeah. And I got to admit, you know what my reaction was when I saw that? I didn't buy it. I was like, oh, like, dude, you're Tony Iommi. You're the master of metal riffs. I know you're a huge part of Black Sabbath, but whoa, it, it bothered me. I'm like, that's not Black Sabbath. This is bullshit, you know, so I didn't buy the record. You know, I mean, again, Sabbath yeah. is a band. I got to be honest with you. After Born, you didn't again, miss out. It's not good. Um, after Born Again, I fucking kind of tuned out. I tuned out. Born I have again. a Born shitload of Sabbath albums digitally that I've never really sat down and listened to. And I know oh, that there's going to be some hardcore Iomi and 
Sabbath fans that are going to get pissed at me and probably say, you're not a real Sabbath fan. Well, no, go fuck yourself. I am. And I will get around to listening to those albums. I, I, yeah, but, I but, have but to you're a reason, real but, but my, Sabbath I, fan. Yeah, but, my, but, yeah, but yeah, well, to me, Sabbath is the original four. Period. Yes. I love Heaven and Hell. I love Mob Rules. I love that version of the band. But to me, they uh, that is a different band. That is Heaven and Hell. It is not Black Sabbath. They became a totally different band with Ronnie James Dio. I don't give a fuck. They were different. Almost no wobblum. Right. Listen to fucking Neon Knights. That's fucking a chugging. It was very new wave of British heavy metal. Now, I'm not saying that Iommi was borrowing from Maiden. I mean, we got to admit, remember... Martin Birch was producing it, and he was producing bands for Judas Priest and Iron Maiden around that time. So maybe yep. that rubbed up. Yep. And maybe Tony did look around and go, oh, interesting, and took it and made it his. I'm not right. saying he didn't, but the point is, when I hear that band, to me, it's very New Wobbly. New Wobblin. It's very, it's different. It's different from the doom metal that Sabbath was. You know, right. the, the traditional metal, the doom metal with Ozzy. It's just different, man. I'm not saying it's worse. I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying you can't prefer Dio over Ozzy. You can like whatever the fuck you want. I'm just telling you, for me as a Sabbath fan, it is the original four. And if they're not in there, it's not Black Sabbath. It may be like Sabbath. It may be Sabbath-like. I may love it even. I love Born Again, dude. But you know what? I only wanted to call that band Born Again, and the record company should have left let them because it's just it's just ridiculous. And Seventh Star, yeah, that's an Iommi solo project, and so is about yeah. a good portion of Sabbath's music because even though it's called Black Sabbath, it's the only member of the band was Tony. And and I've yeah. heard some songs that were kind of interesting. What's really weird is one of the songs I heard was very um, can't remember which album it was off of, but very power metal almost like power metal. It wasn't even. Um, uh, what's the name of the senior? Um, Jeff Nichols, is that his name? Oh, uh, shit, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I, I find it interesting uh, that Vince would just, you know, not have backing tracks going. Yeah. But just say, you know what? Hey, guys, I'm sorry. A shot. Because you could hear it break. You could hear his voice break. Oh, you can. You could. I, I watched it. It was sad. I mean, yeah. sad. But, but he's he's honest about it. He's not Paul Stanley-ing it. You know, he's not sitting there horsing his way through it. I mean, he's Vince. He's Now, let's be real. Vince has always sucked fucking live. I mean, he's sucked live since, what, uh, the Us Festival? Or the, what was it? Us Festival? Yes Festival? Whichever it is. Us Festival? 83? Uh, I disagree, man. He hit some. He was great notes. there. Oh, he was awesome. That's a great. Yeah, he was score. great there. But since then, I mean, come on, Vince is not a live guy. Yeah, and I well, I also think Vince is a guy that, like I said, man. But I but especially I saw him after Kru his little Kru Fest two, he was fucking amazing, dude. It was a twenty fifth anniversary of Doctor Feelgood that did the entire album front to fucking back. The band was tight as fuck. They were killer. And they did like eight encores. It was a beautiful night. Yeah. Beautiful night. I mean, um, okay. So it was when, one of those how, rare performances where fucking Vince was great. How, how I wasn't long, hammered ass drunk. How long was that? How long ago was that? You said it was the 25th anniversary of Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crew fest too. When, okay. When they toured with Godsmack. Interesting. You know, and, and, and Vince was amazing. 
So, but I have more respect for him than I do Paul Stanley right now, even though I think the uh, Soul Station album is fucking amazing. But he's in his wheelhouse. He's not trying to get too high, you know. He and, and oh, okay, auto tune's helping him out. Whatever. He's not trying to go over the top. Now, when he's doing these songs that he was doing 30, 40 years ago with Kiss, he can't hit those fucking notes anymore. So he has backing tracks to help him out. At least Vince was honest. Oh, yeah. Now, I I do find it interesting that um, I can't find this article anywhere, but Phil Collin of Def Leppard, you know, because they're supposed to be on tour next year. Of course he's going to say that. Poison, of course Duff he's going to say that. He doesn't want Vince backing out. Are you fucking kidding me? There's a lot of money riding on the line. So, so you don't think it's just, hey, he's still got a year. He can get it worked out. Well, I, I think that's him saying that, but I think that's his wishful thinking. I don't know, man. Vince looked like a beaten man, dude. He looked beat. He looked like, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And again, maybe he hasn't. Maybe this whole COVID thing, he hasn't really been playing. Maybe he had, you know, your voice is like any muscle, dude. You have to exercise it. You have to yeah, use yeah. it. And maybe because of the inactivity, he didn't. But like I said, dude, I watched like three or four songs off this. And it was abysmal. Like he's, he's, he don't know Matt half the lyrics. He don't, he's mailing right. it in. Like my point is like, I don't want to say who cares. I don't want to sound that heartless. And I'm not saying that I'm not, but I'm just like, I don't know why people are shocked by this, I guess is what I'm saying. Like they, I don't see how they can be surprised. I don't see how they could be like, Oh golly, how can you like, dude, he has sucked live for a while now. This has been going yeah. on for a while, at least a decade. I mean, crew fest was 2009. That's over 10 years ago, dude. Looked yeah, it up. It was a minute. Home. You know, I mean, yeah, it was a minute and, ago. And I think for the most part, I think Vince is just, like I said, man, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, man. But it just seems to me he was never the same after his little girl died. Yeah, you know, on the outside looking in, man. And this is coming from somebody I'm not a hardcore crew fan. I've never even seen him live because by the time I was going to concerts, for me, it was already over. And I don't mean to sound heartless when I say that, but it was like, when I go see Motley Crue, I want to see Shout Out the Devil. I want to see Too Fast for Love. I want to hear fucking Red Hot. I want to hear, that's my Motley Crue, okay? Right. I don't want to hear fucking Saints of Los Angeles. I don't give a fuck about half that <laughs> shit. I, I, I don't. I just got to be honest, man. Like, to me, I'm with my boy Ian. One or two good songs per album. This is after Shout, and a lot of filler. And I'm being kind when I say that. Because there's some songs I, I think absolutely suck. Well, sure. Suck. Sure. For me. I, I, I can't other disagree. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Rattlesnake Shake rules. Hey, if you like it, rock out with your cock out. I, Rattlesnake Shake. I fucking hate it. Hate it. Hate it. I don't mind that song. I fucking hate <laughs> that shit. My favorite song on that album is actually Vince's favorite song on that album. And I only know it because he said it. Uh, uh, just before they broke into it, when I saw him. Interesting. What is that? That she goes down. Really? See, I'm not a big yeah. fan of that song either. I love that song. You know, uh, dude, it's a song about blowjobs. Sorry, I'm all yeah, in. Yeah, but she laughs before she gives him the blowjob. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm like, what are you laughing at, man? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? What's that say about the guys and crew? Which I know is 
not true because I know Tommy Lee has a dick about the size of the fucking house I live in. You know, it's like, <laughs> huge. So, no, it's a playful laugh. I get on your knees and giggles. I'm about to fucking put a hurt on you. I'm gonna suck your asshole. Oh, right, well, nuts. Yeah, okay, cool. Maybe maybe that's maybe I took it wrong, but I'm like, what's she giggling about? You know, I'm surprised they didn't just have it in a fucking hot voice. Oh, it's so big or something like that. Because you know how Motley Crue were. They were raunchy, man. I mean, they were raunchy. Oh, sure. I mean, come on, 10 Seconds to Love. And I love that song. So that's what I'm saying, man. People think, like, I'm this crew hater. I'm not, man. Those first two <laughs> records, especially Shout Out the Devil. It's a fucking... You liked them when they were raw and hungry. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I think... And it hadn't got all fucked up yet. Yeah. Once... Admittedly, Theater of Pain is a rough album. Now, now, there's songs on there I absolutely love. There's a couple I that, like. That are not Home Sweet Home and Smoking in the Boys Room, although I think those are quality songs. But uh, I think Raise Your Hands to Rock is pretty good. I like that song. Um, I like that song, and there's a song that was recorded for Shout Out the Devil. Um, kind of drawing a blank right now on which song it actually is, but it was it was written and, and for Shout Out the Devil. Sounds like it could have come off that album. God damn it, I'm having a fucking blank now, man. It's pissing me off. See, I don't know. I, li- I like Keep Your Eyes on the Money, and I like, um, ah, oh, fuck, now I can't remember. Ah, oh, shit. Fuck. I, and I can hear it because the tempo constantly picks up at the end of the song. Ah, oh, you know what? Now I got to go back to my <laughs> bag, of, bag of tricks. Where is it? H-I-J-K-L-M. Okay, M-O-M-O. There you are, Motley. Open up. So many things on this hard drive. <laughs> it, it sometimes takes forever to open up. Louder Than Hell. Louder Than, Louder than Hell's real good, yeah. over from Shout the Devil. That is the song that I... Oh. That, and I, I like that song. And I like Raise Your Hands to Rock. The rest of it, like... Now, see, Tonight We Need a Lover. I love that song. That ain't bad. That's a pretty good song. That that's what we're at the end of it is just you know. See, I think again tonight tonight we need a lover is something that I think could have come. It sounded like something that was left over from Shout. It it sounded like something that a song that would have fit that album. You know what I mean? Sure. Where use it or lose it, save our souls. Um. City, City Boy, Boy Blues, Blues. Smoking the, the Blues, 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 blues. Louder Than Hell, fucking cool, Keep Your Eye on the Money, and uh, Home Sweet Home. Now, Home Sweet Home is a song that, while I could never hear it again, I, I got to give it its props. It was an awesome ballad. It's a goddamn shame, though, that it became so popular that every fucking band afterwards tried to do their own Home Sweet Home. You know, I, I'm not against a, a heavy band doing ballads. Look at Black Sabbath. Changes is a beautiful song. And Ozzy's been known to do some awesome ballads himself. So I'm not anti-ballad like our friend Ian, but it's got to be good. It's got to be good. Now, with that being said, I will say Home Sweet Home, it's a it's an awesome ballad. I, I got it, you know, I got to give it up for the boys. But if I never hear it again, it'd be too soon. Because, dude, they fucking played the fuck out of that song. When that song came out, I, that's all I heard from that album. I'm like, oh, and it just kind of made me fucking more disappointed, man. You know, if the rest of the album is like Home Sweet Home. I, you know what? I'm conflicted on Home Sweet Home, and I'll tell you why. If 
you know, as I look back, that's the first power ballad that made me a power ballad fan. But is it really that great a song? I don't know. I, I don't know. It, I, in my mind, is great. I think because it's the first power ballad that turned me on to power ballad. And, and, but then, there you go. But then after that, everybody tried to duplicate it. So for that alone, I have to give it props. You know, maybe there was. Oh yeah, because every there. band had to have a ballad. Maybe it was something. I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, Tommy came up with that thing on the piano. It came from the heart. It was real. And and then Nikki's lyrics about being on the road and and even the video. The video's a fucking cool video, dude. It shows him fucking yeah. partying on the road and 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 then and the concert. I mean, it's 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 a classic, dude. I, again, if I never hear it again, it'll be too soon. I'm totally totally burned on it because they just played the fuck out of it. The video on MTV. So it got to the point where I'm like, fuck enough, okay, enough. And also. Because I had people tell me, oh, just because of Home Sweet Home, you hate Aunt Motley Crue. Uh, no, that's not why. It's because of shit like City Boy Blues. It's because of shit where I just feel like Nikki was fucking on heroin and was mailing it in and didn't give a fuck anymore. That's my personal opinion. Um, that's how I look at it. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but I just felt like it was just – and let's be honest. It's a huge departure from Shout at the Devil and Too Fast for Love. It is a huge, huge departure. It was like they just became this – other band almost and it just was like and and, me, and, and it's not because it, it because let's be honest that record had sold a lot people go well i've had people accuse me that well, you started hating on them when they became successful are you retarded shot the devil was huge huge that album was hugely successful so if i was one of those crew fans from before which i wasn't my introduction to molly crew is uh, shout out the devil and then we went back and got too fast for love and i loved it too and at that time they were one of my favorite metal bands i loved them loved them you know um but yeah they just kind of but that's me i also know a lot of other people like let's be honest man out of all the glam metal bands sunset strip bands from that era crew is the biggest by far now some people are like well what about van halen van halen number one ain't a glam metal band and and they kind of predate yes but in my opinion, Van Halen gave birth to that scene. They're the ones that put I would the not disagree. Strip, they put the Sunset Strip metal scene on the map, but they are not a glam metal band. No, they're a rock and roll band. Yeah, there's there's yeah. no other way to put it. They're just a straight up rock and roll band. Right. With, with, with that, that, that was also hard rock and had metal elements. I mean, some of their songs were sure. really heavy, but Van Halen yeah. was just Van Halen. And I, it, yeah, they're just a different animal altogether. Right. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, you know. It, it, I mean, they're definitely rock and roll. They're definitely very heavily blues influenced. Oh, yeah. You know, which if you ask me is all the requirements you need to be considered a rock and roll band is a blues influence. Oh, sure, sure. You know, if, if you have a blues influence and you have distortion, but it became, okay, we need a blues influence, we need distortion, and we need a blonde front man, and nobody fucking gives credit to fucking Cinderella, and I don't know why. <laughs> you know what? Because That's this a is a band point. that did it fucking right. Um, um, Cinderella, while I, even at the time, I was like, Cinderella, what the fuck? But my great name, my brother, because of that right there. See, I, I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it. But I mean, at the end of the day, what's a name? Does it really matter? As long as you rock, 
Does it really matter that, what you look at? Night I'm, songs? Come on, that album. That's a great record. My brother bought it. Flawless. I loved it. Loved oh. it. Loved it. And and unfortunately, though, I think Cinderella gets overlooked and kind of cast aside because of their name and because of their image. Because if you listen to the music, to me, it's fucking blues rock, really. I mean, it's it's hard rock. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's blues based, hard rock and roll. Yeah, it's 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 um blues based. It's very rock. bluesy. Yeah, it's blues based hard rock. I mean, it's very yeah. you know like kind of like Nazareth. I hear Nazareth in Cinderella. I hear ACDC in Cinderella. I hear, but it, with with a bit of a glam. I mean, they they threw the glam metal sound into it. It wasn't just. You know, but it, I don't know, man. I to me, when it came to those second wave of bands, Cinderella's the best. Like I like the see, best. and I don't disagree. And how come we have never talked about fucking Cinderella? Because, dude, they were on. They were on it. Yeah. I don't give a shit. And Tom Keaton, nice songs, great song, Long Cold Winter. Yeah, good. Great fucking albums. Yeah, they they. I I I don't know why. You know, when the backlash started. You know, I get hating on some of the later generation bands. I totally get it because it just got so to me. Again, if- well, see, even I understand people hating on Poison. Believe me, I get why people hate Poison. I understand completely. I still stand behind C.C. DeVille, one of the most underrated rhythm guitar players. Yes, he's not the greatest lead guitar player. He'll even admit that. But they were about, look, this is what we want to do. This is how we're going to do it, and we're going to fucking get her done. And, and, you know? and what did I say? But I understand I the hate. What did yeah, I say? Yeah, you said last time what, what it I wasn't working because it. I have more yeah. respect for Poison than I do a lot of those other bands because all those other bands tried to change their sound or try to look. And there's nothing wrong with being influenced by other artists and being turned on and trying to evolve or do different things. I've had a lot of people tell me that, man, well, I guess you just wanted Metallica to play 100 miles an hour forever. That statement pisses me off, and I'll tell you why. Motley, or Metallica quit playing a million miles an hour every song after goddamn Kill 'Em All. Kill 'Em All, if we're going to be really technical, is the only pure thrash metal album they did. I'm talking pure thrash metal. Oh, you know what? Pure, like from. That, any, yeah, yeah, that's hard to argue. Well, dude, it, I mean, it, it, I mean yeah. you get your glimpses throughout. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, I mean, Lightning and fucking Master and and, and even Justice. Sure, you do. They're, I'm not saying they're not thrashy records and they don't have thrash songs on them. What yeah. I'm saying though, as but far that's as that's interesting, pure, I've never heard anybody actually put all those words yeah. together in that way, and that's fucking true. But it's true, man. Kill 'em All is the only pure thrash metal album they ever did. That's why I know. I know some people that feel like they sold out with right the lightning because of for whom the bell tolls and fade to black because it wasn't all thrash it wasn't all a million right. miles an hour and, and and the same with uh some of to me their heaviest songs like okay uh the, th- the thing that should not be that's not a fucking million mile an hour song but it fucking rules it's so thick and so heavy yeah. in your face it's metal it's fucking metal and that's why you know, when people want to throw it in my face about the Black Album, like, well, you just want to play. No, fuck you and go fuck yourself, you know, because there you go. Yeah, they slowed it down with Kill em, or uh, with the Black Album. With, yeah, with the self-titled, you know, yeah. the Black Album. But there's still some good shit. Come I'm on, not, Wolf and Man. Well, Wolf and Man's a good, I'm not saying the whole album's a piece yeah. of shit, Bush. You see, people, they, they confuse me on it. They think, I, I said I hated Inner Sandman. I hated it. Right. I still fuck and, and I love that, but 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 I, but I feel it. I like said, but true, I've always hated. 
Um, but there's some songs on there. I like uh, Don't Tread on Me, uh, The God yeah. That Failed. There are some good songs on that album. Yeah, you got to dig into the later half of the sure, record for sure. Sure, sure. For sure. The stuff that didn't make the radio I'm is gonna, some of the greatest gonna, stuff gonna, on that album. I'm going to say this right now. To me, those songs that I really like still pale compared to For Whom the Bell Tolls or Fade to Black or Disposable Heroes. Or I'm trying to pick. Metallic songs that aren't a million miles an hour, which even Disposable Heroes is pretty thrashy. But, you know, the thing that should not be, uh, you know, to to me, it's not as good. Not saying it's awful. Not saying it sucks. It's not what I'm saying at all. Um, But I'm not going to I'm not going to fucking lie. And I'm definitely not going to do revisionist history and pretend that I liked the Black Album when it came out. I did not. I did not. It's a whole album. I did not. And I did, okay, fair. and I did feel betrayed at the time, you know. Like and now, as I've gotten older, I'm like, ah, okay, I'm not as hardcore on the Black Album, but it was the beginning of the end for me, um, in many ways. I mean, because then after that, look what happened. Look at Load. Look at Reload. And then look at Saint Anger. Yeah, well, see, at least Reload was better than Load. Load is the Metallica album that pissed me off because, like I said, I discovered them with one, and immediately went backwards. See, I hate both of them. I, I think load is I was, load of shit, and I think reload is a reload of it. It's like, thanks, James. Thanks, Lars. They should have just had a massive turd on both albums. See, I think reload has the better the better songs, but that's taken years for me to come to that. Well, fair because enough. When load, when, when load came out, that's when I felt betrayed for lack of a better term, like, look at these fucking guys are cutting their hair like these fucking pussy-ass grunge bands out there. And now they're super radio-friendly, and, man, fuck you. I, I was mad. I was mad at that. Now, as I've gotten older, I, I, you know what? I just recently rebought the Load album. Because it was five bucks at Walmart. And I put it in my CD player, because uh, the only CD player I have is in my car. And I'm like, fuck, this is every bit as bad as it used to be. Every bit as bad. But I can go to Reload, and I'm okay with that record. I really am. It's weird. Yeah, I hate it. Now, I fucking can, hate can I listen to it front to back? No, but I think I, you can pull some gems out of there. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, again, though, I gotta be And the fair. funny thing is, Sate Anger, I, I have to make a confession, Sate Anger? Never heard a fucking track. You're not missing anything. Never heard a track. In fact, if I pull out my files here, I don't even know that I have the album. Let's see. Because I, you know, I hear, oh, well, Lars' snare sounds like shit. Blah, 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 blah. blah. I, I don't know. No, I don't have it. This is what I have. I have uh, Kill Em All, Lightning, Puppets, Justice, Garage Inc., um, S&M, S&M 2, and Hardwired. That's all I have. Now, Hardwired, thank God. Thank God for Hardwired to self-destruct. Because I don't know what happened, but Metallica decided to be fucking Metallica again. Oh, yeah. That was a pleasant surprise. And again, I I, I can't... I'm, I'm only speculating here, but... Seems awfully funny that Dave Mustaine gets on track with Dystopia, and then what? Not even a year later, Hardwired to Self Struck comes out. 
It's yeah, like, so it, it, to me, it's, it's funny. Like it's they like, raised their it's, game it's one of those, let's not fucking act like there's not competition between these two bands still. Because I felt like Dystopia was fighting like, haha, fuck you, Metallica, I win. And then Metallica drops fucking hardwired. I'm like, ooh, fuck, this really gives Dystopia a run for its money. Yep. Well, hell, Metal Mike, brother. Fuck, we've been talking forever. This is going to have to be a two-part this episode. This is part one of an epic, epic conversation, ladies and gentlemen. You know, oh, yeah, this um, is, I don't know. Maybe it's, so much fun. maybe it's a little self-indulgent that you know. I, I don't know. I hope people get entertained by two, you know, metalheads, music lovers, and well, lovers of pop culture just bullshitting because that's basically what this episode is. But I had a blast doing this, Bush. So thank you, uh, man. You know what? Thank you. I did too. I, I thought it was going to be a uh, rock and metal news episode and it totally went off the rails into a different fucking domain. And that's absolutely amazing. But hey, Metal Mike, anything to promote? Actually, there is something I'd like to promote. There was a band I sent you the single. It was a band. Um, they're kind of like um, stoner rock, stoner metal. They're called Dead Now. They're a fucking three-piece. They're badass. Their drummer, Bobby Younger, is a huge Thrasher uh, guy fan. I met him when I came back from the Rockin' Pod, so I thought it'd be a kind of a topical thing. We could talk about the Rockin' Pod as well. Met him after the Rockin' Pod. Like, a few weeks, I went to see Red Fane, and his band was opening for him, and I loved him immediately, and I noticed it was Bill that pointed out. He's like, dude, the fucking drummer's got a Thrasher die shirt on. So I was like, holy shit. So we go up to the merch table. He's selling merch. Well, Bill's like, hey, man, this dude right here, he knows the lead singer of the band. He's friends with him, blah, blah, Dude jumps over the merch table. Fucking take a picture, take a picture. Wants to take pictures. Was like practically wanting to give me his record. And I'm like, nah, bro, I want to support you. So I bought the record, told him to hook me up with the MP3s he has. I've played them on my show several times. They've got this album, and then they got a new single that just came out a while back. But this album, it's their self-titled album. It's fucking killer. I think you guys will totally dig it. So please, please check out um, Dead Now. Uh, listen to songs like Richie Black Morning and Power Shapes. Phenomenal stuff. That's my um, plug of the week, so to speak. Nice, nice. Well, my plug's going to be the band that I saw fucking last night. Uh, uh, Hustle Souls. <sighs> I don't know how to describe the music. Uh, I just think they're so good that even though we've been discussing metal the whole time, you really needed to hear this band. So if anything in there you liked, check them out. Their debut album from 20, uh, 2017 is called Colors. And their latest album is called Daydream Motel. They're absolutely fucking brilliant, man. These guys can play. And my other thing is this. Rockin' Pod Expo. This August will rock as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Meet Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Ricky Rackman, Mark Goodman, Matt Pinfield, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, drum legends Carmine Apice and Vinny Apice, along with current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Except, Roxy Blue, and more. Panels, signing sessions, and vinyl and memorabilia vendors, all available to you at Rockin' Pod. 
Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, networking, and speaking sessions. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party concert featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skeo and his new band Resist and Bite. Plus, Ron Keel Acoustic, Rock United, and a rare hair set featuring many surprise guests. Rockin' Pod Weekend, August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP, podcaster registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod, brought to you by DBG Productions, Brad Lee Entertainment, and Incaptia. Sixth, seventh, and eighth. Man, it's Rocket Pod Weekend, Nashville, Tennessee. Come hang out with me, Metal Mike. And how many fucking DJs are going to be there from our station? Okay, here, here, here it is, straight up, dude. You and I are going to be there, and obviously we're here mainly to represent the the podcast, but we wanted to represent the station as well. But one of our DJs who has his own podcast, and that's the Vernomatic from the Metal Mayhem ROC podcast, and he does a live version of that show for our station. So he does a radio show with the same name, and he has a podcast with the same name. Um, He's going to be there. He's going to be hanging out with us because he, I guess he had some financial stuff going on and he couldn't get the platinum package. So I think he got the gold package. So he's wanting to hang out with us and stuff. And I was like, that's cool, dude. So he's going to be there. Plus, of course, we have our very own Dr. Fuck as part of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. He's one of our DJs, so he's going to be there. And then, not just you and me, there's my co-host, Bildo, and then there's Mr. OCD from A Reasonable Volume himself, uh, Jason White. He's going to be there as well. So Bill and him got tickets. They're going. and I, I, I guess they're going to ride with me. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to do that. I'm thinking that's what we'll do. We'll probably just ride down together. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm really, really excited. Um, I'm really glad that Jason, and, and that's really cool. And also what's cool is Bildo said, hey, man, if you guys need help with the interviews, man, me and Jason can be more than happy to do that because, you know, I know there's a lot of people that's going to be and it. You know, from what I understand, it can get really kind of crazy and overwhelming from what I've talked to with people that's had to deal with that side of it, which I have not yet. This is my first event going as a podcaster. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm totally pumped. And yeah, man. All I have to say to the listeners is keep fighting the good fight and stay metal to your dying breath, motherfuckers. Absolutely. Check out Rock and Pod. Check out the Metal Mike Show every Friday night, 8 p.m. to what, 1 a.m. Yes, Eastern Time. Wednesday mornings, Big Bushy Power Hour, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Motherfuckers by vinyl. We'll see you next week. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck? Is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week.
Yeah, I've been gone for a minute. Yeah, I've been gone for a minute. And I just wanna say.